0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more.
1: This episode is powered by Receptra Naturals. My name is Boss Rutten and here are my top three reasons why I love Receptra. First, when I stopped taking prescription pain pills in 2008, I didn't have anything to replace them with until I discovered Receptra, which has helped me a lot. Second, if I have a long drive in front of me, I take it before I start driving. Why? Because it keeps my mind and my back muscles more relaxed, and that makes it easier for me to deal with idiots in traffic. Third, if I really want to push myself, I take it before a workout, because it helps with less lactate acid buildup, and that means I can push myself much harder. Those are my top three reasons. Godspeed.
0: What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Detroit Lions site-end Jerome Cunningham. Jerome, what's up?
1: Hey, what's up? How you doing, TJ?
0: Good, good, good. Appreciate you coming on. I uh, appreciate you for uh, having me. Yeah, for sure. I know we've been kind of trying going back and forth for a while, so I'm excited for this one. Let's just jump right into it. Could you give me a little brief background about yourself?
2: Yeah, um... You know, obviously, my name is Jerome Cunningham. I'm originally from uh, Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, I spent four years at Southern Connecticut, and I'm currently in my fifth year in the NFL I'm at the moment. And um, yeah, I'm just using this opportunity uh, to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to maximize everything on and off the field this 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 off season.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, uh, growing up, how did you, how did you get involved in football, and what other sports did you play?
2: I got involved into football at a very young age. Football was actually my first love, but you know, basketball kind of took over um, that number one role, especially at a young age when I was in middle school. Yeah. Just for the, the fact that I was a little bit bigger than everyone, and you know, I felt i am not to say this because still at like football, but I was always playing football uh, against older kids. So I really showcased my talents in basketball. But then once I realized I got to high school that I'll have a better opportunity to earn a scholarship if I play football rather than play basketball. Just off the strength that a lot of seniors that year who played football or basketball, there was more guys from my high school that played football in, in college than. Mm -hmm. Basketball did, so I figured, you know, I was good at numbers at a very young age and statistics, so uh, I just made the decision at a young age that I I should pursue football.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's only, like, what, 15 college spots for uh, basketball, and there's, like, what, like 100. Exactly. And that's D2, and major college football is
2: 100-plus.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. And, uh, yeah, so you just touched on it. I know you went to Southern D2. So what kind of offers were you getting out of high school, and what was your ultimate decision to pick Southern? Well,
2: ultimately, you know, I didn't really get any too many offers. I was registered in a lot of databases, so I received a lot of letters for invitations up to schools. But the sad thing about it is, you know, like growing up, like my, you know, my parents could afford me to go on those visits. So yeah. if it wasn't local within a drive shot, I wasn't going to that school. So yeah, the biggest thing for me was to just filter out the letters. But yeah, I, think I got letters from Syracuse. My dad went to Wisconsin, so I was in their their database. Every school in the N E ten, the conference that Southern plays in, if I remember correctly, it was it was a lot of schools. It was it was just the fact that I cancelled out a lot of them because I could not make it on their visits.
0: Gotcha. That's crazy. That's and okay. So, I mean, you ultimately just picked Southern because it was close to home and stuff. And you like, I picked
2: Southern because it was close to home. And then also, my quarterback from high school was going there. Okay. So, it made the decision a lot easier. You know, I was going back and forth. I was like, well, I really wanted to play major D1 football. And, you know, I was a little bit, you know, discouraged that, you know, I could really only afford or really only got offered from D2. And, helped out that my quarterback from high school went there because you know i figured that you know we we would go and do the same thing we did in high school which was have the state record 39 touchdowns passing during the regular season in high school in connecticut history and that than for a couple of years but yeah i just went to southern because my quarterback from high school went there.
0: gotcha and uh what was your overall experience like at southern like football wise and uh off the field
2: my overall experience at southern was amazing in the sense that everything happens for a reason and I felt as though you know my time at Southern was valued and I you know used every resource that was available to me at Southern and I asked questions and I made sure that I was you know leading myself in the right direction as a student athlete but yeah Southern was a great school I studied sports management there Um, I graduated in 2016 yeah I have nothing but good things to say about Southern I need to go visit
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or yeah you said a key thing there use your resources Yeah. And then after Southern started your NFL journey, which is a crazy story, which I can't wait to tell. So 2013, you go undrafted and you try out for the Colts and that didn't work out. And then you were out of football for a year. So what was that year like and how did you stay focused?
2: Well, that year was, you know, a little bit, you know, disappointing, especially considering, you know, I got the call draft night and I still vividly remember being at home. You know, waiting for a call. My agent told me, hey, it's going to be some team calling. And then no team calling on Saturday. And everyone was like, hey, Jerome, come out. And I'm like, no. And then, you know, I felt very disappointed. But eventually that call did come and I had to try it with the Colts. But after that three day weekend, I decided, you know, since I'm already in school, or technically I was in school that spring, you know, and I had another year left, I was like, why not just go back to school for another year, train for a whole another year, re. Event rededicate my body because I felt like I wasn't prepared mentally or physically for what I was going to experience in the NFL. I did a lot of strength training my first year to get stronger and bigger because I was 240 and I wanted to be 255, but that caused me to, you know, lose a lot of my speed. So that that following year when I went back to school, I, you know, I made sure that I was doing more explosive workouts, more cardio-based workouts. You know, strength workouts are still a part of my training regimen, but they weren't as much, not two, three times a week, mm-hmm. just one or two, you know. So it was a good, a good mix. But, yeah, I went back to school because I wanted to make sure that, I got this degree done. I mean, I'm already, you know, at the time I was already 36 grand and student loans, so like, yeah. might as well finish.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, now nowadays I'm, I'm seeing the more trend of people going back to school and finishing it up, so that's good and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's not even necessarily about like going back and finish just because I had loans. It's yeah. going back, and my grandmother, you know, constantly harped on it. Like, hey, when are you graduating? When are you graduating? <laughs> and that was another motivational factor yeah. to it, so
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. So 2014 comes around, and then uh, what happens then? This is when the Cardinals and the Saints, you have to try out with them?
2: Yeah, so after, um, well, before I had those trials, uh, I worked out again in that regional combine, which led to that oh, yeah, Colts yeah. trial. Um, so I repeated the same process after completing another calendar year in the school, and then did well at the combine, and I got the trials from the Arizona Cardinals and the Saints, as you mentioned. Those workouts, they went better than the Colts workout. You know, now that I'm being exposed more and more to NFL playbook and NFL thinking and logic, and um, still didn't hear any word. So, again, you know, I finished up school or got closer, finished up that semester. Then that whole summer, you know, I proceeded to continue to grind. I was working at Taylor Rental that summer in Brantford, Connecticut. So I was working at Taylor Rental while I was still trying to work out. So I worked from 7.30 a.m. until about 4.35 p.m. that night. And then I go to the gym. Then I go home, and go to sleep, and then repeat. (laughs) So I was doing that for a while. And then I eventually, after not hearing anything from Arizona and uh, New Orleans, eventually got a call from the Giants because they had two tight ends going on in one week during training camp. And yeah. then I signed there and then never, well, not really never left, but I was there for two years after I signed
0: there. Yeah, for sure. Now, what was that whole experience like going from Taylor Rental to like on an NFL team? Like, that was crazy.
2: It was, you know, I'm blessed to, you know, have this mentality of being humble, and I always want to mention the fact that when I was, again, at Taylor Rental, I received the call when me, uh, my friend Lou, and my friend Vinny were all just sitting down at McDonald's at a break, and then I received the call from my agent. So it was very exhilarating, especially considering that we just picked up um, huge tents and a couple hundred chairs and a couple tables, and the whole truck was full, and it was a 90-degree day. But yeah, it truly is a blessing to be where I'm at because of
0: where I came from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I remember you being on the Giants, and I remember listening to a Daniel Fells interview, and he was just saying, like, you most, one of the most freak athletes he ever saw. So what, what was that like when a veteran like that was giving you a good compliment? Well, I,
2: you know, it's crazy. It's just, you, know, um, you know, I looked up to Daniel. I mean, I still do look up to Daniel, you know, just from his, his level of veteran leadership that he brought to the table and also his, you know, keen ability to, you know pick up on athletes talents like he did because
0: he always watched film and that's where i got it from him originally was to bring up my next level of
2: watching film and being prepared because it seemed like he was always prepared every single Mm -hmm. question the coach asked he was always prepared and i wanted to be that person because you know the coaches valued people like that you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. obviously you want to make sure that you're doing well on game day but um It was, you know, one of those things where, you know, I was always considered a freakish athlete, but I felt like for me to continue to keep being a better player, I needed to keep my freakish God-given abilities, but also acquire some new talents and traits. You know, whether it be, you know, running a route differently, mm-hmm. run, learning, and routes so I could play even faster, even be a, a more of a freakish athlete.
0: Yeah, definitely. And going back to the Giants, uh, when they called you, did you have a tryout or was it you signed right away?
2: At first, I had worked out with New York. Before I had a sign okay. with them in the summer, so I had worked out with them. And around May in the spring, and I had worked out with them when they had originally signed Josh Freeman, and I had worked out with him. And the good thing about it, I knew I could play at this league because I have never caught a pass from an NFL caliber quarterback, like starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And for me to go in that workout and not have any drops and being able to catch every pass, that was a true testament. Like it just. Little steps along the way just kept giving me more and more confidence. Like, hey, listen, because it's, it's a natural way for you mm-hmm. to, you know, doubt yourself. But at the same time, you know, I always you Know, re humble myself, refocus myself every single time, especially in situations. Because you know, if I didn't do that, it would have been detrimental for my career,
0: yeah, 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 for sure. And that you said that workout was with Josh Freeman,
2: yeah, it was with Josh gotcha. Freeman. And then, um, and then that's when I got signed over the summer when they had two end tight ends been dominant.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha,
2: yeah. So it was a little gap of um, about two months where I wasn't with the team, but I had worked out with them,
0: gotcha. And by the end of that 2014 season, I know you got on the active roster for two games, so how would that feel to get put on the active roster going from the practice squad?
2: Yeah, it felt great, you know, because considering, you know, the whole year on practice squad, you know, grinding, developing, and I felt as though, like, the Giants, I felt, you know, forever indebted to the Giants for giving me the opportunity mm-hmm. But yeah, it was great—you know, a great experience to be in New York. But uh, missed being a Giant, but at the same time, I, you know, they did give me my first opportunity, so I'm forever, I'm grateful
0: for that. Yeah, definitely. So then, after the 2015 season, the Giants cut you, and then the Jets pick you up. So I think you were, we were on there for like a couple of weeks, though. Yeah,
2: literally, it was a very eventful May. Yeah. Uh, um, because I was on three teams in a matter of three weeks. Yeah. So I started started the off season with the Giants, and the Giants released me around beginning of May. Then the Jets picked me up five days later. Then they released me the day before my birthday. Then the Titans called on my birthday. Yeah. So it was very eventful, <laughs> um, very eventful May, yes, to say the least.
0: It was it weird? Like I know you were only there for two weeks, but the Jets, since they're in the same facility, is that weird?
2: Uh, not really. I mean, they, they got the different you know practice facilities. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, MetLife, it would have been dope to you know, continue to keep playing in, in MetLife. But, yeah, at first, a little bit weird to go down to the, the little cross rival, you know, go yeah. to Florham Park. But, again, you know, it was a great opportunity. It was just the wrong timing. Yeah. You know, just at the time, you know, they needed my running back because they had, you know, a couple of running backs coming off the season-ending injuries. Mm-hmm. So I could see why the, the deal was made, you know, for me. You know, they really liked me. It was just the fact that I was the hot man out because
0: I just got there. Yeah, definitely. And then you said the Titans picked you up on your birthday. So that (laughs) must have been a relief. You get released one day, you get picked up the next day. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it was,
2: you know, it's it's a true testament to my agent's will and his desire to see me be successful. And that's the greatest thing about him is that he does everything to maximize Every opportunity, he doesn't want me to just go somewhere just because he wants me to go there so I can, you know, play and showcase my talents. So, uh, Jake is my my agent, is amazing.
0: Gotcha. And you were with the Titans for what two, three years?
2: Yes, I was with them for uh, two years, years. like a year and a half, two years. Yeah,
0: gotcha. And what was it like playing for the Titans?
2: Uh, again, you know. The Titans, you know, were an amazing organization, you know, and it gave me an opportunity. I learned it was a great time to be there, even though I didn't play. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity to play because of the Titans ahead of me. But still, it gave me that opportunity being that, that third-year player where, you know, second, third-year players are prone to off-field issues. So, you know, it was good to be around those guys because I learned from Delaney Walker, Anthony Fasano, mm-hmm. and uh, Philip Supernall. You know, these guys collectively had about 30-plus years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was it was pretty crazy, you know, to uh, be in that room, but it was, you know, good, fun-loving atmosphere, and, you know, I learned a lot from those guys, and, you know, I valued that time in Nashville because it was amazing. Nashville is an amazing city mm-hmm. if anyone is— wants to go you better go but nashville and the organization the titans are in the the right direction at this current moment
0: yeah nashville is trending right now for people's oh, vacation yeah. spots
2: <laughs> oh yeah hundred percent.
0: and i did some research and you were released and re-signed over 35 times in the last six years so what keeps you motivated to keep on going
2: well what keeps me motivated is just the fact that I know I could play in this league. It's yeah. just the fact that i just been caught up in weird situations. I, I don't like playing, you know, the scapegoat. But I was hurt that 2015 year, my first year playing. I got hurt my first game. And then when I went to Tennessee, I was behind Delaney Walker and Deepasano. It was nothing I could do. You know, those guys, you know, they were vets. Like, it was just the fact that I did everything I can, which was get my body healthy and get mental reps. But I felt like those opportunities helped make me into the player that I am today
0: yeah definitely and now, what was it like the first time you got released and then now like since it happens and you get oh. re-signed and then like what is it like now i'm sure it's like a normal to you now uh,
2: oh it's night and day the first time <laughs> i felt like i was going through a high school breakup now <laughs> <laughs> the 35th time i mean it's just it's just one of those things where and i say like does it affect me Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to affect anyone, you know, this is your dream, this is what you've been dreaming about since you were, you know, you can remember your dreams, you know, so mm. it's going to affect you, but at the same time, that 35th time, it doesn't affect me nearly as much as that first time,
0: yeah, yeah. but
2: yeah, it did affect me that first time, I still remember it, yeah. going to Jerry Reese's office, but Jerry Reese, you know, gave me some words, like, hey man, like, he's, he just told me, like, hey, like, you work hard, but at the same time, like... You need to, like, continue to keep being a better athlete. Working hard alone it's not going to get you to where you want to go. So, like, I take that, and, you know, not every, each and every day, I'm making sure that I'm doing every step I can to become a better athlete.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think this is a perfect question for you because I think you could answer almost the best probably out of anyone I ever had. So what could you give? What kind of inspiration could you give other kids that are trying out to be in the NFL or NBA or MLB or any kind of sport? I feel like
2: the biggest thing that I have learned and, you know, after doing some Mm self-reflecting and, you know, just always talking about my story and it's just keeping this word perseverance and, you know, perseverance is key. Just keep pushing and a lot of things is, you know, I feel like, especially this day and age, I don't like to classify a whole group of people, but I just feel like, just watching like, I feel like everyone expects a handout, Mm -hmm. but there's not going to be a handout. It's always going to be hard work throughout the path. Like, you know, even if you look at other people, I feel like we always look at people as they are and forget the path that they travel. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We just see who
2: they are now and then like, hey, we want to be that. And then once we start trying to make steps towards being that, then we give up. But at the same time, that journey is the most important part as opposed to being at the top of that mountain. So I feel like the biggest thing is just always keep pushing and always not just waiting for an opportunity, but also being prepared for the opportunity. Because there was times in which I could have not worked out. Like I was working out two, three times a day at some points when I wasn't working. And... I told myself that I will not be the reason why I'm not getting an opportunity. I'm going to let the teams decide for me not getting an opportunity. I'm not going to sit here and be like, hey, listen, I'm not
1: in shape because that's the thing I can control. Yeah. I can be in shape. I can be a better athlete.
2: I could be more mobile. I can catch passes. That's stuff I can control. Stuff I can't control is the team side of me, a team giving me a workout. But at the same time, that's the beauty of the relationship, especially being an athlete. And not even just being an athlete, anything in life in general, you have to have perseverance. You have to have persistence. You just got to keep pushing because there's going to be times where you fail. But at the same time, you know, what differentiates me from you is that I might fail two times and then get it. You might fail 15, 20 25 times, but you gave up on that 12th time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like anything in life, you know, Thomas Edison you know, failed hundreds of times developing the light bulb, you know, you look at multiple athletes, there's just so many different examples out there, I mean, it's so easy to look at the athletes now but once we start digging into the research and digging into why they got to this point, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be more beneficial and help more athletes as opposed to just showing them like hey, this person made it and they got there do hard work, but no, giving examples of hard work. Hey, listen, like this person didn't go out, or yeah. you know, after after school was working out two hours. You know, it's just just giving kids example. And I feel like any any if I can make it, anyone can make it. You know, I'm just a I'm not anyone special. I'm just a small kid. You know, from Waterbury, Connecticut. You know, I'm, I'm still right. a kid at heart. You know, population of hundred twenty thousand. Like if if I can make it, anyone can make it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely loved it. And you played with some great quarterbacks, such as Eli Manning, Marcus Mariota, and Matt Stafford, so what's it been like playing with those three great quarterbacks? Uh,
2: It truly is, you know, a blessing, you know, because of the fact that, you know, I went from Eli, two-time Super Bowl winner, and then I went from Marcus Mariota, like, he's still accurate, still a great gifted passer, but, you know, it's just so dynamic as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And then... I go to uh, Detroit and, you know, Matt Stafford, a great leader, you know, they're all great leaders, but, you know, Matt Stafford's arm is and his, his throwing abilities and throwing skills is, you know, it's second to none, you know, probably, you know, probably I would say, you know, maybe Pat Mahomes is arguably like, because Pat Mahomes gets more, press because, you know, they're actually, you know, you know, they're winning, you know, playing the prime time of games. But, you know, Matthew Stafford is right there because, you know, stuff I see in practice, stuff I see in the games where he's throwing passes and not even really, like, looking. It's astonishing. But, you know, those three quarterbacks are, I value them and, you know, I respect them and I always, you know, try to take a little something from them and I always saw those three, you know, their franchise quarterbacks, almost three, always mentally prepared and always, you know, on top of their stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what's your goals for the 2019
2: season? One is to, you know, one of my goals is to make sure that I'm doing everything possible to continue to keep getting better as an athlete. My second goal is to make the team. And my third goal, once I make the team, is just to be a contributing factor to this team because I feel like we can go far. And I really value that. And I value the hard work that we do in Detroit. I value everything that we do because it's all, all stuff that you have done. Along the way, to help you be successful, it's just that we're just doing it in the NFL now. We don't lose that. It's just a grind. I mean, I love it because it just helps you become a better athlete.
0: Yeah, definitely. You ready for some fun questions? Yeah. What's on your playlist right now?
2: Uh, my playlist, I would say, is just Spotify. You know, um, rap caviar. Uh, I mean, I listen to a lot of different music, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I have a go-to song right now. I just really just listen to anything.
0: You got gotcha. just put it on shuffle. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> always on shuffle, always. You gotcha. What, who, what about who are your top five favorite players of all time, NFL? Or that could be any sports athlete. Uh,
2: Top five of all time, I would have to say any sport, not in any order, but I would just say d LeBron James are my favorite NBA players. NFL, I looked up at Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, Vernon Davis, Denny Walker, you know, just, just, just people that, you know, players that were
0: at my position for sure for sure last one if you had to eat one food for the rest of your life what would it be
2: um i'm a big <laughs> pizza guy but okay all the pizza that i've eaten is going to be very upset um because i'll have to go with burger
0: and fries though uh, all right all right that was a change-up right there what's your yeah. with a bonus question what's your favorite pizza then in in connecticut
2: Favorite pizza? I would say, uh, I mean, I, I can't go wrong with either Pepe's or Modern. Um, I still to this day, you know, New Haven pizza. I've been to a lot of places and people are like, "Oh, this is the best pizza." I'm like, "You haven't been in New Haven." <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. You know,
2: and I was like, "Well, well, New Haven, Connecticut." I'm like, "No, you, hey, you don't <laughs> knock it until you try it." Try, try to tell you.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on and best of luck in the 2019 season. You know, I'll be watching.
2: Thank you. Appreciate you having me
0: on. And where could they find you on uh, social media?
2: My Instagram is J Cunningham eighty four. My Twitter is J Cunningham eighty four as well. And that's that's pretty much it but uh, mine too. Instagram and
0: Twitter. But well, uh, Instagram I'm on the most, so Yeah, for sure. That's the platform of choice today, for sure. Oh yeah. All right, appreciate you again coming on. Uh appreciate you. This episode was powered
1: by Receptor Naturals. My name is Bas Rutten and here are my top three reasons why I love Receptra. First, when I stopped taking prescription pain pills in 2008, I didn't have anything to replace them with until I discovered Receptra, which has helped me a lot. Second, if I have a long drive in front of me, I take it before I start driving. Why? Because it keeps my mind and my back muscles more relaxed and that makes it easier for me to deal with idiots in traffic. Third, if I really want to push myself, I take it before a workout because it helps with less lactate acid buildup. And that means I can push myself much harder. Those are my top three reasons. Godspeed.